Welcome to the Awesome Early Bird Podcast. It's your old pal Emac coming to you with Terry McBride, one T McBee, as we get ready for Tuesday, the final Tuesday of the MLB regular season. A little tear rolling down my cheek. September 22nd, we're going through Sunday. We already know they're going to be minuscule contests because of the NFL, even though they all start at 3 o'clock. This week, I believe there was there was less than 100,000 combined between DK, FanDuel, and Yahoo on uh, Sunday. I think it was closer to 60,000. And I'm counting all the guaranteed contests. <laughs> skimpy. Little bit skimpy. I think there's a couple uh, decent-sized ones going up tomorrow, at least for us. Yes. Tuesday now that will be the, the, the nice thing. But this, this Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday are kind of the last hurrahs. Yeah. And the, well, that's the, it. this Maybe is it because yep, Saturday contests been kind of small, have been smaller, um, and yeah, it's been it's been a fun run. I've missed it; it's gone by very quickly. I now I like playing baseball every day. The season gets long; it drags a little bit, but for how I play, it's my most profitable. Right, so I need I need more more nibbles, more bites at the apple, however you want to say that. So this has been very abbreviated. I think a happy medium would be like a four-month regular season. So I I can't get on board. I love the 162. I love the full, yeah. extremely long baseball season. Hell, make it 200 for my money. Oh, I yes. Love, I, 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 I could do that. that. I could do that. I, I could do baseball all year long. So writing about it every day and finding new ways to say, Hey, play this guy when it's the same, like, you know, five teams that we're focused on most of the time is interesting. And it's been a fun tour, but uh, yeah, I love talking it. I love playing it and, uh, and the DFS side of it and everything. So yeah, I, I'm going to miss it when it's gone next week. It is. I don't know what I'm going to do with all my time. It's, now we're We should see a few because we'll still do the early bird for the playoffs. Now, I don't know. We'll probably end up doing instead of a, the strategy show and a live before lock. My guess is we'll probably just go down to one show. Have, I don't think they've announced the schedule yet. Have they? Not I'm, that I've seen. It'll be interesting, at least for the first round when we've got all those teams going. I mean, there's going to be a, a fair amount of games going, I would think, on most days because they're going to rifle right through that first round. So, okay, so we'll have, next like Tuesday, no, we don't have start time. So, I, they're going to have to play some of these at the same time. So, I don't know how it's going to work. Next Tuesday, there are four games. Next okay. Wednesday, there are two, four, six, eight games. That's workable. All right. Next Thursday or the next day, there are also eight games. Uh, and then going into Friday, they go back down to four and then they're into the, if necessary. Yeah. Um, and the reason there's such a, a bolus of this is I believe they're three game series to start off with for yeah. that first round. Yeah. So there, there's a two day that where it's going to be real heavy. It will be interesting because with that many teams in action, we don't have enough aces to go around, even if they're lining everybody up. Yeah. And no off days. And no so off every, days. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. it'll they'll try to line everybody up because they'll have they'll have uh I guess they'll have Monday off and most of the teams will have have Tuesday off as well, because there's only four four games, eight are playing. But it'll it'll be interesting to see. But the point being in playoff baseball it gets hard because there's not as many pitching options and they're really good so they're expensive and then it's hard to get batters we might actually get sneak a couple days out of it now i don't think they're i don't think those because these can go anywhere i don't think they're going to be like starting at 10 in the morning on a weekday right baseball's just not going to have that kind of a draw Probably. yeah i wouldn't think i could see them even doing it in kind of two or three start times similar to what it is now some four o'clock some six o'clock a couple sevens and then a, the the night games so point yes. being is is we'll we'll probably see hopefully decent size contests that include most of the games. Um yeah. with the knows. predictability of playoff lineups, at least to a little degree, it would be nice if the slates if the sites rather build slates that start in the day since we've got late swap across the board mm-hmm. and include all the games and, and they can actually you know build nice eight game slates on those eight game days. That'd be great. Maybe we'll end up with like six games. God knows FanDuel will probably just run all single game 
Texans or something wild like that. But, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what they do. Hopefully they put together some good contests so we squeezed another week at least out of it. Yeah, so that'll be the fun part. So not completely done, but almost done. Uh, other thing I want to remind everybody of is a sponsor of the show, Yahoo. They ha- have their uh, large tournament. It is the baller. It is 300000 this week. They have changed it to a $15 entry fee. That is up from 10 It is a 150 max. Week one got 79% full at half a million. Last week got about 88% full at 350000 You're basically playing it rake free. We point that out because that, that, and even on their site, they only give you a 12% management fee or 12.3 in this contest, which is still dramatically less than the 16 that you're paying uh, on the other sites in their large tournaments. That is a huge difference. That 4% adds up quickly. And basically, as I mentioned now, we're not, you're not paying any extra for the implied value of what was being paid out. You still have to monetize it, but it's a, it's a better way to go. So just wanted to point that out. We've got the free content for that. I break down uh, their full slate. They include the Sunday night game. Uh, I had a nice a nice little weekend. I, I won nine of my 10 cash games that I posted. Uh, they have head-to-head limiters that you can only uh, pick up one per level. So I put a bunch out, forgot about them, and then saw them this morning after. I was like, well, would it have been nice to see you guys last night after I got my teeth kicked in on DraftKings? <laughs> so... I needed the, the the moral boost, um, and then I I and that was just based off my article, by the way. It's is my player pool, and then I I cashed two of the four tournament lineups I put in again based off of my article. So uh, I was very heavy on Russ Wilson because hey, they have Sunday night games, and Russ for MVP is uh, is a real thing at this. Oh, for sure. And congrats yeah, to you, good sir. You got to, you got your name in lights on a few things. Yeah, yeah, nice little FanDuel Sunday for me. So uh, back-to-back weeks with uh, lineups in uh, certain GPPs and uh, the top uh, handful. Uh, this week was the top spot, so very nice way to start the season. I'm sure I'll go over starting next week. Yeah, and I, I want to mention that because we're, we're usually honest when we're like, yeah, lost, barely won, broke even. Uh, you know, we, we take a lot, of, a lot of runs at this. We like to play a lot of lineups, and I play like literally every slate there is um for for these uh sports now i have to focus on one side until we get back to uh to football now the thing that really made me sad this year is is with everything going on i didn't get to play a lot of yahoo baseball that was one of my favorite things to do on on uh, fridays and saturdays was to hand build especially when they were 10 and 20 max contests um for that but i didn't quite get over there as much as i wanted i was playing you know one or once or twice a week uh for that but i'll def- definitely play the football now the other fun thing is they're one of the few sites that still isn't quite ready to size their thursday to monday contests and people forget to go over there because they don't have thursday night showdown so you can they're not giant contests but one you can get in there and there's usually room in them and two it's a lot of times people forget that they're in these and they don't go back and fix their line. Yeah. Just saying. Just saying. All right. Wait, wait, find some edge. Yeah. Let's get into baseball here. Let's enjoy this last week. We've got a full site. We've got three games in the six o'clock hour. Um, a lot of good pitching in there. So I'm going to just turn Terry loose here. We've got uh, Shane Bieber going against the White Sox. We have Garrett Cole going against Toronto. Sonny Gray coming back off of the injured list. He's missed, um, uh, what was it, two weeks? More than two weeks. It was uh, the 10th. So he's uh, 12 days. He is, Terry and I were talking about this before. I think we would have called this a dead arm if this was a regular season. Yes. What did you say it was? A sore muscle in the upper back or something yeah, like, like that. Upper yeah. right mid back <laughs> something like that was the description they gave very specific <laughs> that's a medical diagnosis i'm sure he gave here's the diagnosis he gave up 11 runs in two starts managing to go two <laughs> outs and 10 outs he needed a little time off so he's back he's only given up three home runs this so far this year uh and he was phenomenal for the first part of the season he's got 60 strikeouts in 45 innings so we're not making fun of him it was just probably a little maintenance there. And then we got the guys we're going to pick on. That would be um, 
Brett Anderson, Tanner Roark, and Reynaldo Lopez. What do you want to do with our six-pack here? Yeah, looking at it, I mean, I think we know who the uh, who the big pitchers in that spot are. It's obviously all about Bieber. It's all about Cole. Uh, out of those two, I think Cole in much, much better situation as far as the matchup goes. Uh, he can definitely smoke those Blue Jays without too much problem the way he's throwing. There's everybody's going to ask, I'm sure, uh, going into the slate, what about the home runs and everything? It's it's just something I don't worry about with him. Even if he gives up two, they're probably going to be solo shots. It's not a big issue. Uh, I can ride the strikeouts all day long with him and, and just not worry about it. Uh, Bieber on the other side, tougher matchup against those White Sox. We know there's a ton of quality and a ton of pop in that uh, lineup, but he's just been pitching so, so well. I would expect him to go and, and put up another strong game here. He's picking up a ton of strikeouts. There's plenty of strikeouts available in that lineup. Uh, so he should cruise, not have too much of a problem. But just if we're going purely speculating, uh, since it is a one-pitcher slate on DK for this uh, for this set, I would probably lean more cold. But I feel like the field is probably also going to do that. Uh, you could get a little sneaky maybe with Sonny. I'm not sure how the pricing necessarily falls. But we know the Brewers are terrible against righties. Um, also don't know how long he's going to pitch in that spot. I suspect it will be a full outing, um, but we can't be totally sure of that. So a little bit dicey there. Uh, Rourke, we talked about uh, on the early bird last night uh, when I thought he was pitching today against the Yankees. So you can get a little preview of what I would think of him uh, over there. But uh, I think, yeah, that's with numbers because I don't have him for this spot. But, uh, yeah, the Yankees should smash him. That should be a very good opportunity for Yankee bats. I know I said the same thing as of my last check. They had only scored one run today. But uh, they're definitely in a, in a prime spot for that slate tomorrow. So get to some Yankees bats. Feel free to roll out some Garrett Cole, some Shane Bieber. And uh, I don't love most of the rest of the spots. I can play some Reds bats against Anderson for sure. Um, and Indians and White Sox, you know, Ronaldo's been pitching a little bit better. And the Indians have been a little bit rough this year against righties. So I don't love, love the Indian spot as much as I normally would think I would. But uh, I, I could see rolling them out as well in this uh, in a small slate. All right, let's go on to the main slate. It is going to be 11 games. It is going at 7.05. So we will march through game by game. Game one, Chicago Cubs at Pittsburgh. We have, uh, let's see, Adbert Alzole is going to be the opener. He is coming in at 8,200. We know he has stretched out enough to go 70, 75 pitches. Uh, he has been at the alternate training site, but they're calling him back up. Coming in after him, we think, uh, maybe it's before him, we'll see. Jose Quintana uh, is coming off the 10-day injured list. He has not, not pitched since August 30th. He has only made two starts this season, 61 and 55 pitches. So he's kind of the guy they're working in. He is at 7,100. I'm not really excited by either of them. If we knew that uh, Alzale was going to get 75, 80 pitches, he would be in consideration for me, even at 8,200 against Pittsburgh. But we don't know that with any confidence. That's pretty spendy. Steven Brault on the other side. The pitch count goes up. The price keeps coming down. I'm good with him in this matchup on a pitch per dollar basis. Uh, he's the guy I'm interested in. What do you like from our first main slate matchup? So it's interesting. I think if we knew Quintana was getting the start, the official actual start, and he was going to go a certain amount of pitches, then I could get behind him at that 7,100 price, kind of like what you were saying for uh, Alzale. Um, but given the question marks, I just don't know. Uh, and I can't really say that we can trust any of it. So I think I can pretty comfortably scratch off both Cubs pitchers here and not really worry about it. Um, Quintana, just to go through it, uh, you mentioned he's only pitched six innings this year, um, is around 8.5% swinging strike rate for his career, 20% strikeouts, a 1-3-2 career whip, so he allows some opportunities. The Pirates' offense is bad. Uh, 30th in baseball, 126 ISO, a 61 WRC+, and 25.6% strikeout rate against righties. So it could be, in theory, a good opportunity, a good spot. But with the work share getting basically divided between two guys and we don't know how, it's very difficult to recommend. Maybe if we get some clarity going into, into the afternoon tomorrow, we'll be able to clean that up a little bit. But right now, I wouldn't really lean into either one. 
And then, uh, yeah, Bralta, I'm, I'm with you. We can buy some pitches with him, I think. 6400 definitely not a bad price. Um, you know, keeps him in play there. Uh, Cubbies are just a 113 ISO against lefties this year, 74 WRC plus, 25.5% uh, strikeout rate. So uh, it's a good spot for him. He's not a big-time strikeout pitcher by any means, but he's able to keep the ball in the yard. So on a team that's not hitting lefties for power, he's not allowing power. So I kind of like that. And the Cubs aren't like the Braves, where if you set it back to like the beginning of last year or anything, the numbers really clean up uh, again in the split. They've, they've been pretty bad pretty consistently against lefties uh, here. So I think it's a spot we can roll them out and uh, be at least relatively confident in them for that money. All right. Our next one's kind of a tough one. Uh, we have the Braves and Miami. I say it's tough because Cole Hamels, we hardly knew you. Back on the injured list. He only made that one appearance. They said they were going to let him work through stuff, get back up to speed. Apparently, it didn't go well after uh, after his his uh, start. So uh, that was a, sh- a shoulder injury. Um, it looks like it's going to be Bryce Wilson. We have seen him in relief. Uh, we've also seen him start. I don't know how many pitches he's going to get. Great matchup against Atlanta. On the 14th, he went 15 uh Pitches that was out of the bullpen on the ninth against the same Miami squad. He went 82 pitches, uh, didn't have a great performance overall. He doesn't get a lot of strikeouts is more or less his problem, but I'm trying to find some salary savings. Doesn't look like we're going to get it here. On the other side, we can't really get it from Jose Urena, Jose Urena either because 10 strikeouts, 10 earned runs. Did I read that right? Yes, I did. <laughs> I believe you did. <laughs> Don't really and like go, these guys. Sorry. Yeah, no, and, and to go with that, only a 15.9% career strikeout rate, 14.7% stri- uh, strikeout rate this year, 13.2% walk rate this year. It's a very small sample, of course, but he's given up two home runs in those 15 innings. Uh, he's just not a, a pitcher in a very good spot. Uh, Braves third in baseball with a 236 ISO, 132 WRC plus against righties. We know that this lineup smashes right-handed pitching. Get to the Braves. Don't get to the pitcher. Uh, and yeah, I, I uh, agree on the uh, on the Braves side of things. I don't know how much length uh, we're going to get out of Bryce Wilson. Even if we get a four-inning performance like that one the last time against Miami out of the bullpen, uh, he only struck out one guy in that, gave up four hits, walked two. Uh, and gave up an earned run. So I think that's like the kind of performance we might see out of him and not really get anything for even a very cheap price. So wouldn't really touch him. Um, maybe get to very limited deployments of those Marlins. All right. We're going to keep marching through Blake Snell. Very interested in him. 9,500. He's going against the Metropolitans, a much improved team this year. We know we're going to get five innings. We're going to get five to seven strikeouts. There is a little bit of upside. Seth Lugo went to him in his last start. I was comfortable with it. Unfortunately, he gave up not one, not two, not three, but four home runs to the Phillies. Oops. Uh, That was not fun. Outside of that, though, he's had a pretty solid year. He'd only given up two home runs uh, heading into that uh, debacle. 7,400. I'm okay with him. Going to want to play both sides on this. The Tampa Bay uh, Rays have a lot of pop even without uh, a few of their key guys um although they just got Zunino back but uh you know Jimin Choi is still out and somebody else was out as well Meadows. uh Meadows thank you um it's like there's another lefty that I haven't talked about hardly at all this season oh it's Austin Meadows yeah I never keep that for them yeah yeah so so I feel okay about uh, Lugo at 7400 I'm going to think last last start was a blip little regression evening out what had been a really good start to the season but i'm okay there this is the first pair we can really talk about with any any uh enthusiasm take it away yeah i was uh i think on that same bandwagon with you on his uh on lugo's last start and got beat up on those home runs too i think i talked him up <laughs> the gif of the of the college kid yeah closing his computer or his laptop and throwing it out the window <laughs> that's what i felt like it's about right yeah yeah he was a good price i was all over him that day i had a lot of them so uh that did not work out uh i think he's got a good shot to put up a good start here though uh he he has been pitching mostly well on the season like you said um he's got uh let's see 
31 and a strikeout rate. He's allowed seven home runs in his 29 innings. We mentioned that four of them came in that one game. Uh, six of them were allowed as a starter. Again, four of them in one game, uh, 5-3-0 ERA, but a two, three, eight XFIP as a starter this year, which I really like 33.3% strikeout rate as a starter. Really like that as well. Uh, career. He's got a 20.7% strikeout rate as a starter versus a 28.3% as a reliever, which makes sense. That's normal guys come in, throw harder, maximum effort when they're making relief appearances, not quite so much as a starter. And especially a guy who transitions from a reliever to a starter has to figure out how to work that right. So it's very nice to see that he's hitting a a very high strikeout rate uh, this year. Um, And that'll probably normalize a little, but we'll see higher than his career mark as a starter overall. Um, So I think he could put up a good match, a good strikeout game against a team that strikes out 25.6% of the time against righties. Uh, They do have a a good ISO seventh in baseball with a 184 ISO in the split 106 WRC plus. So you mentioned some of those lefties could definitely take him deep. It is a tricky spot for him. uh, And I, I agree. I would have some of those raised bats on the other side of this one Uh, on the, on the other uh, side, as far as pitching goes, definitely want to get to some Blake Snell really like the arm 30% strikeout rate this year. He's given up eight home runs in 44 innings, six of them to righty bats. So maybe some of those big Mets righties, you can play, uh, you know, Pete Alonzo, grab a JD Davis, build a little stack that way. Uh, but Snell is an excellent pitcher. Uh, 306 XFIP on the year, 14.8% swinging strikes. Very good whiff on his four seamer. Excellent curveball uh, to right-handed hitters. Throws a slider to both. Uh, he's thrown his change uh, 154 times this year, and he's thrown it 154 times to right-handed hitters. He does not throw his change up to lefties, but it is a very effective pitch against righties. So he's got a great arsenal. Mets are 12th in baseball, the 186 ISO, 117 WRC plus, and only strike out 22.1% of the times against lefties. So it's a good matchup. I would have a little bit of the Mets bats. I think they're going to be underappreciated in this spot tomorrow, but I like the Snell side of it better. All right. The next game, kind of interesting. So we've got Keegan Aiken, who is going for baltimore he's a guy i have a great deal of interest in at 6300 on DraftKings. in his three of his last four starts he's gone 81 91 and 93 pitches uh, the 93 being the most recent he has uh, reverse chronological order nine eight and six strikeouts the lone muck up was a two inning outing against the yankees it was right around the time your yankees started that hot streak where they won 10 in a row before losing, I think, was it, I've lost track. Was it, they lost last, did they do Sunday Night Baseball? I, I can't remember. I know the yeah, I think they lost, to, I think they lost to the Sox. Uh, they only scored like two runs. Yeah, I think it was yeah. two nothing. Yeah. Heading into that game, they had scored 85 runs in 10 games. This was that, when we saw the 20 run game, it was a juggernaut performance for 10 days. It was just, it was very impressive. So Aiken walked into that bus saw. By the way, the Yankees are one of the teams that he held in check uh, as well already. So I like the strikeouts. I like the price. I like the pitch count. This is not the same Boston Red Sox that we are used to seeing. They are somewhat watered down, though their current collection of batters is pretty much league average for this season against lefties. I'm willing to roll the dice with Aiken. And then the other side caught us off guard, Nick Pavetta. A Red Sox? When did that happen? <laughs> yeah, as we found out before the show when we Googled it, it happened right around the trading deadline this year. He went from uh, the Phillies to the Red Sox. So Sox were keeping him at the alternate site, but they're going to roll him out and blow the dust off him here. So uh, we'll see what he does. Uh, he has uh, gone, uh, I guess, uh, five and two-thirds in three appearances out of the pen earlier this year, I guess, with the Phillies. Allowed three home runs in that tiny sample, which gives him a uh, 15.88 ERA um, to a 6.91 xFIP. Um, but overall, he's uh, when he's on, he's like an 11 to 12 percent swinging strike guy. In that tiny sample, he had only gotten 7.8 percent swinging strikes. Uh, slider is his primary out pitch for his career. He's got a one, six, three home run per nine. Um, so it's not a great, great, uh, career so far, but he's an okay pitcher. Um, not a guy that I'm wild about uh, getting to at all as a, as a starter, probably going to roll some Orioles against him. Uh, I think the story as far as pitching in this one goes is uh, what you were talking about with Aiken. He's got some upside. We've seen it happen. I watched that first Yankees appearance, uh, appearance that he made when he struck out a handful of them and uh, pitched very, very well. It was a frustrating game to watch because he didn't seem like he was a kid that was coming in with a ton of really good stuff, 
and just kept sitting him down. So he's got three basic pitches, but it's got good spin on him. Uh, it's a decent arsenal, but it's a, you know, standard uh, fastball slider change up uh, type of arsenal. 31.3% strikeouts this year, 11.3% uh, walks in his 18 and two thirds innings. 407 X FIP, very, very good there. 13.8% swinging strikes. So he's able to make major leaguers swing and miss, which is what you want to see. Uh, I think he could put up a quality start here for us and strike out a fair handful of these Red Sox for that money. Yeah, he's definitely in play for me on DraftKings. I don't think I would roll him out at 8,100 uh, in this spot on the one pitcher site, though. Just uh, that's a kind of a weird price for him here. So definitely more of a DK play. He's not on DK in their player pool. Wait, what? Pavetta's actually not oh, in the Pavetta. DK player pool. Sorry, 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 you, sorry. Yeah. Not Aiken, Aiken not Aiken. Sorry. <laughs> Boy, the look on your yeah, face, you should have seen. <laughs> there we go. All <laughs> right. Uh, Randy Dobnak, Tariq Skubal. A couple of rookies going against each other here. Dobnak does not allow power. Uh, it is pretty phenomenal. He also does not strike anyone out. Uh, it's ticked up a little bit, but it's still barely, barely more than one strikeout every two innings. Yikes. 8,800, I can't do it. But he's going against Detroit. So he has faced Detroit twice already this season. Let's look at how he fared. That'd be a reasonable uh, uh, indicator. Sure. He's averaging 5.8 fantasy points in those two games. <laughs> Why? Because he doesn't strike anyone out. So I'm going to have to say no to Dobnak. Five percenter. There's just no upside. Uh, Scooble on the other side, a little bit interesting. You get, uh, as Josh Engelman likes to say, the error bars are kind of wide on this guy, meaning the strikeout uh, upside that he has started to flash is 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 interesting. He got eight against Kansas City in his last start, going 90 pitches, three against St. Louis, went 67 pitches, six against the same Minnesota team on 78 pitches. That's a little more interesting at 6,800. Uh, Minnesota getting back some of their guys here. I thought I saw Mitch Garver in the lineup this weekend, if I remember correctly. Yeah, yeah, Garver was back. That surprised me too. And I thought he was done for the year. And then uh, Nelson Nelson Cruz is a little dinged up, but he's also forty, so who knows? Uh, but they've got Byron Buxton, Josh Donaldson, Sano, Rosario, Kepler, Garver, Polanco. Polanco's batting at the bottom of the order now. Uh, Byron Buxton, who's had a great year thus far, up at yeah. the top. Um, and then Marwin Gonzalez, who is not quite the Brett Gardner <laughs> of the Twins, but he was going from batting in the middle of the order to he's batting ninth now. So a lot of things are projected to anyway. A lot of things shaking up here. I don't know what to do with Scooble at 7,500. It seems fair. We don't have an implied run total yet for the Twins, but I got to think it's going to be like 5.6 or something. So... It, yeah, it's a tricky spot for Scooble. I'm not sure that it'll go quite that high, just given where we've seen some of the run totals lately. But uh, yeah, uh, eight, he, sorry, 80 degrees also in Minnesota. Oh, is it 80 degrees? Yeah, maybe it will go. <laughs> Bur buried the lead there. My bad. Was, My bad. Yeah, no, that was that's interesting. Um, so yeah, he, he's uh, Scooble's flashed us, uh, like you said, some some strikeout upside, 12% swing swinging strike rate so far in the majors in. High A to double A, he was at like 20% swinging strikes. So there could be even more uh, swing and miss upside in his arm. I, I can't rely on the fact that that'll translate to the majors, though, from that level of the minor leagues. Uh, but he's got a very good four-seamer, sets up good whiff on his change. Uh, his change, he really only throws to righties, and he doesn't really have an out pitch against lefties. Um, so, he, you know, in same-handed matchups, he doesn't necessarily have a great option to strike batters out. But you mentioned there's a ton of good right-handed hitting on this twin on this Twins lineup, and he does have an effective pitch against righties. So it's an interesting spot. Uh, the Twins seventh in baseball with a 196 ISO in the split, 113 WRC plus, only strike out 20.6% of the time. So could be a challenge for him to flash that uh, strikeout upside. He's allowed five home runs in 23 and a third inning so far, 476 XFIP to a 617 ERA overall. Tricky. I could definitely see him having an okay game and putting up some strikeouts. More likely than not, I think these twins get to him for some runs, though, and probably take him deep. Just seems like that kind of a spot, especially if Nelson's in the lineup. We know what he does to lefties. So I don't know how much school I want in my life. Uh, it's a tricky, tricky spot. Very curious to see how he lands for Alex and the top starters tool tomorrow. 
Uh, I'm with you on Dobnak. I would love it if this guy could strike out a couple more hitters per game because he's one of those guys that just, like you said, he suppresses power. He keeps the ball in the yard, especially in a matchup like this with the Tigers who are not very good at uh, – at creating power against uh, righties, not very good at all in uh, weighted runs created, 19% below average. They strike out 28.4% of the time against righties, but again, he's only striking out 15.7% of righty of all hitters and just not getting it done with the strikeouts. So, a guy who's allowed only three home runs in 75 innings in his entire career—that's very impressive. But uh, for a DFS play, it's just tough to work. Okay, Brady Singer. Kind of interesting. I've been on him his last couple starts. One was in Detroit. The other was uh, against Cleveland. I um, is that that the game? Or maybe it wasn't Cleveland game. I thought I played him the last two. I know I did for sure against Detroit. He rewarded us with eight strikeouts, eighty-one pitches uh, in in that one against Cleveland. He had gone one hundred and nineteen pitches. Uh, he went eight innings. And also had eight strikeouts. So two fine performances here. I'm comfortable with him at 6,900. I think that's a great price point. Austin Gomber, on the other hand, kind of not sure what I want to do with him. Uh, bounced in and out of the rotation here. He's gone 57 pitches on the 17th. I suspect he's going to be in the 60 to 65 range uh, for this one. Don't hate it at 5,600. We've gone through a bunch of pitchers, and we've really only called out two or three that we are remotely excited about. The rest are kind of cautionary stayaways. So we're running out of player pool here. So I think these guys are interesting. What do you got for us on this? Yeah, it's kind of a slate of just, uh, well, I don't really hate that kind of pitchers. Uh, so, yeah, I think I'm with you on those uh, on those calls with these guys. Uh, Singer, definitely more the interesting guy for me. Um, he's not on FanDuel though. I think he's 9k or no, something. Yeah, 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 yeah. This is <laughs> DraftKings only. DraftKings only take coming up. Uh, 6,900, the opposite, uh, reverse that 9,600 on FanDuel. So definitely not a good option over there. Um, pricing is strange on FanDuel this year, all over the board. Uh, high on the pitchers, low on the batters. Don't really know what they're doing. But uh, at 69, definitely in play. Uh, the cards are they're a weird lineup they're the sum of their parts is not very good uh particularly against um against uh, righty pitching so i think he's got a shot to have a good start here cards are uh, 131 iso uh so not getting much power against righties six percent below average wrc plus you'd expect that to be even lower uh so they are creating some runs despite the lack of power uh they strike out 23.5 percent of the time I think he's got enough in the tank to uh, to give us a, an effective start. 398x fit to his 414 ERA overall, 10.1% swinging strikes. Uh, throws the sinker 57.4% of the time, gets 52.6% ground balls. Only 10.5% soft contact within that, which is a little weird. You expect to see a little bit more soft contact. So if he leaves one of those hanging a little bit, leaves one of those sinkers up, it could travel. He's given up eight home runs, uh, eight home runs total three on sinkers, five on sliders. So when he leaves that pitch hanging, they definitely do go. Uh, he throws both pitches to both hands, throws a change up only to lefties, uh, and he's only thrown seven standard fastballs. So it's really a three-pitch mix. Uh, and he really, really relies heavily on that sinker. So I think we can get to some Brady sinker here and uh, and hope that he uh, manages the cards pretty well. Don't really want much Austin Gomber, despite the Royals' lack of quality. They're 26 in baseball, 165 ISO, 92 WRC+. plus. 21.9% strikeout. I just don't really know how much length he's going to give us. You mentioned some of those short starts. He was good. He struck out six uh, Tigers in three innings, struck out uh, five uh, Cubs in two and two thirds innings. So there's upside there. Um, a 237 ERA, but a 501 XFIP on the year. As a starter, it is a 244 XFIP. Um, but again, short starts, short bursts of uh, big strikeout appearances. So for the money, he might be able to get us there. Uh, Fifty six hundred is definitely a reasonable enough price, so I wouldn't play him on the one pitcher. But I can roll out, uh, you know, maybe a five ten percenter in crunches for sure on uh, on DK. Continuing along, we have a reminder that you guys should hit the like button and the subscribe button and the notification bell here. The triple crown. If you're over on YouTube, we're putting out so much content that you're going to need that notification bell. I think we had six hours of shows today. 
just absolutely unreal. It's like we're our own network now. Speaking of networks, we do have the Osmo Podcast Network. You can check that out. Go to Osmo.com. Look on the upper top uh, menu bar. You're going to see the Osmo Football page. Yeah, we have whole season-long content. You're going to see the DFS. You're going to see Osmo Odds, which is the betting site. You're going to see Odds Checker, which is, or pardon me, Odds Shopper, which uh, helps you check odds and spreads and uh, the money lines on all sorts of bets, player props, teams, futures, etc. And we've got the side action up there, and then we have the Osmo Podcast Network. We are literally everywhere. But all of our shows, with the exception of the Live Before Lock shows, are coming out on the Podcast Network. You can sign up for the main channel. You can sign up for the different sports channels. Uh, if you know, I was laughing because we had to create a, those separate sports channels because on the main channel, we're putting out four or five podcasts a day for people that are only saving most recent three or most recent five, you're not getting very many. So we said, you know what, they may, let's break it out just a little bit here. Uh, and then that way that if you really want the baseball or you really want the football and you want to save a few, uh, I like to let's catch up on the football over the weekend um, on Saturdays when I'm out running errands or yard work or whatever I may be doing. So that's a good way to do that, but definitely check all that stuff out. And we're literally on every, you know, Podbeam, iTunes, Spreaker, Spotify, every podcast platform you can think of, but that landing page tells you um, and gives you the easy links to all of them. So you can open it in your phone and it will take you there as well. All right. Our little halftime entertainment. Jordan. One I, other, there's no such thing as pod beam. I've never heard of that. Pod bean. B E A N. Yeah. Oh, is it beam? Yeah. See, beam. I've never heard of that. I thought you said beam. Ah, yes. <laughs> um, so let's see here. Jordan Lyles, Caleb Smith, Caleb Smith, kind of interesting because, one, he's going against Texas, and two, he's Caleb Smith. Pitch count's going to be uh, still limited because he's recovering from uh, about with uh, COVID-19, but he is a solid option here. Texas Rangers have been awful all year against pretty much everybody. So uh, roof likely will be closed. Let me double-check on that, but uh, I want no part of Jordan Lyons. Yep, with you on that uh, decision, I do not think there's much to uh, really talk about in Lyle's uh, 17.1% strikeout rate for his career, 12.9% this year, 10 home runs in 49 and two-thirds innings. The, roof, the roof will be open. Cold. It's going to be just shy of 100 degrees at first pitch. It will be open. It's scheduled to be closed on Wednesday. Yet another reason I am glad I don't live in Texas. 100 degrees tomorrow. Arizona. Arizona. Yeah. Or Arizona. I'm glad I don't live there either. I love you, Arizona and Arizonans, all you people out there. I'm just making jokes. Just being funny. Remember that commercial? We love love you, Detroit! (laughs) Detroit was last night. (laughs) Want to get away? Southwest Airlines. There you go. (laughs) Now you've reminded me of the old uh, Springfield. uh, Nobody rocks like Springfield. And they're in Shelbyville or vice versa uh, when Spinal Tap came through town. Anyway, do not play Jordan Lyles, uh, even against this Diamondbacks lineup. Uh, just, yeah, he is not good. They're likely to hit a couple balls out of the yard against him, um, even though they're not very good. Uh, 18th in baseball, 162 ISO, uh, 15% below average creating runs. I just greatly prefer the snake side of that part. Uh, I think the pitcher on the, on the Diamondbacks definitely in play, like you said, Caleb Smith. Uh, good strikeout rate for his career, 25.9%. He's pitched eight innings this year and allowed three home runs. That's a little dicey. Allowed 33 home runs and 153 in the third innings last year. That's even dicier. So we know there's issues there. Uh, he's got a very heavy spin fastball. Seems like some of the case might have just been leaving that in the fat part of the zone against uh, high fastball hitters and not getting away with it last year. 20 of those 33 home runs last year came on the, on his fastball. Eight of them came on a slider. Uh, he's got good whiff on his off speed and his breaking stuff. So I like him to have a good start here. Uh, Rangers, you hit it on the head. They're bad against lefties, bad against everybody, but a 27.3% strikeout rate against lefties. Even if he only gives us like five innings, I think we get a good start out of Smith here. So I think we can pay for him. Uh, 5,800, do not have a problem paying that price tag at all. I, I think we can roll a decent uh, amount of shares of him out there. Even. All right. You ready for, for a good laugh on Twitter? I just got a tweet from, from friend of the show, former fan vice contributor, Carl Marx. I said, you guys know him on Twitter. Does a lot of golf stuff, a lot of football stuff. Uh, says, uh, now you guys know what Emac does in his spare time, hashtag killers drummer. But I just said, oh my God, my co-host just made a spinal tap. 
Joel. <laughs> as you as this tweet notification popped well, up, drummer Spinal Tap. For those of you that haven't seen, uh, that's the running joke. All of the Spinal Tap drummers die in mysterious ways, including spontaneous combustion. <laughs> he was just here. Yeah. All right. Uh, back to a baseball. Framber Valdez going against the Mariners. L.J. Newsom. On the other side, Newsom been knocked around a little bit in his starts. Uh, again, small sample size. You know, like most young pitchers, he's he's made the the leap um, this year up to the bigs. So the issue we have there is page four home runs. It's just eleven innings. So you want to be careful, even though it looks like he's allowing two and a half per nine to lefties. It it it's only four total home runs. Uh, on the other side, Framber Valdez has actually been pretty good. This will be the second time he's going against the Mariners. Uh, fully stretched out. He's uh, regularly touching 100 pitches in a game. And the strikeouts have really, really, really been there for him this year. 11-7-2-8-11-5 in his last half dozen starts. He's 9,700. And the Mariners, even though we don't recognize their names, they're not bad. Still don't know how to explain that. But they're not bad collectively. Something in the water out on the West Coast. The Mariners are not bad. The Giants are not bad. I don't know what's going on out there. Something in the Northwest. But, uh, yeah, I I agree. They're not uh, completely awful. It's a tough price to pay for Framber just on, like, name recognition and just kind of reputation. And he's a guy that – he, he relies on getting a ton of ground balls. Uh, you mentioned the strikeouts are up this year. It's a 22.8% uh, career strikeout rate. This year, he's up to 26.1%. Uh, last year, he was at just 20.7%. So it's it's a little maybe of an anomaly that he's striking up that many hitters. I'm not sure how real it is. Uh, but he's also cut his walks in half. Last year, he was 13.4% walks. This year, just 6.1%. So he's pitching very well in his 63 and two-thirds innings. 302 XFIP to a 382 ERA. So that even suggests that he's gotten unlucky on some of those balls in this uh, sample. So I really like what he's done. I think we can definitely roll him out. The price is going to dictate how much, well, the popularity combined with the price, I should say, is going to dictate how much I get to him. I'm not sure how much I want to spend if he's going to be super popular in that spot, just given some of the savings we found with some of the other pitchers and what's available on the slate and just the weird nature of the slate. I don't know if I want to spend that much on him if he's going, you know, in the 35 plus percent range uh, on on the two pitcher site, just because if he goes pop, there's not a lot of fallback options uh, for me. So I do like him. I do like the spot uh, against this Mariners team, but paying that much for him, I'm uncomfortable with it, as you can probably hear, but we'll probably be doing it. Yeah. Now, if we look at the Mariners for just this season, they do have a 71 WRC plus against lefties, but with the magic of looking at this exact same group of hitters over their last two plus years, that goes all the way up to 98. So that's where I was saying they're not as bad as you would think. Um, you just, you're not recognizing the names and that's what it comes down to. Did you see cast off uh, Dan Vogelbach had a double dong day on Sunday for the oh, Milwaukee he... Brewers, his third team of this abbreviated season. I did not see that. I, I actually saw very, very little baseball on Sunday. It was a football-focused Sunday. Hashtag 2020. Uh, the <laughs> last of our 9-10 games, let's see. I've got too many filters going. Zach Davies, 9,900. He's not quite at 10,000. He's what earned it. Like he's earned it this year. <laughs> this year he's earned it. Uh, his His last start... Just five strikeouts, but uh, five, eight, five, six, seven, six, five, six. He's getting it done. It's smoke and mirrors for him. It's all happening. Is it all? Is it still all happening against righties? For him, do you have a split up? I, I believe so. I think that's what I saw. I didn't. Have, I closed that split window. Uh, um, let me. See. Oh, I just have. I have his three-year numbers here. Uh, it's just a fifteen percent against lefties. And then, let's see, it is 20% against righties. But I know he's got some exaggerate. I thought it was almost as high as 30% at one point this season against righties. In any event, I don't know what to do with him. Formerly a kind of a reverse split sky, meaning righties tended to do better against him. May have changed his pitch mix, may be going in different sequencing, have a different out pitch now. 
I don't know, but 9,900, that, that, that's a hard ask. Griffin Canning on the other side going against the Padres, he's 7,000. We know we're going to get somewhere in the, the low 90s to mid 90s for pitches. That's reasonable. He has not yet faced the Padres this season, but the Padres slam Diego. I swear they got someone else back this weekend. Let me double check. Um, yeah, Tommy Pham is back. I thought he was done for the year. Yeah. yeah. Tommy Pham yeah. now yeah. batting seventh or eighth because they've boosted up their lineup that much since he got hurt as their cleanup hitter, basically. Well, I guess it was kind of a mix of him and Machado and Tatis. But yeah, they've got everybody back. So we've got Hosmer, we've got Moreland, we've got Will Myers, we've got Tommy Pham, we've got Austin Nola, we've got Fernando Tatis, we've got Trent Grisham. I mentioned Machado, we've got Jay Cronworth. Um, not pictured, uh, Jason Castro. <laughs> they have a cast of thousands at this point. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and with all that, Griffin Canning's got problems, I think. Uh, I, I do not think it's going to be a good spot for Griff. He's a pitcher I like in general. Uh, I, I've gotten to him a few times, but overall, this Padres lineup, uh, first in baseball with a 240. 240- 35 ISO. Uh, they've got a 133 WRC plus against righties. They only strike out 20.3% of the time against righties. Just a tough, tough spot for a pitcher uh, who, like I said, I do like his swinging strikes are down this year. Uh, they were 13.8% last year, down to 10.9% this year. Good swing and miss on his curveball to both hands. Uh, the power seems to come against him when he makes a mistake with his fastball. So he's really got to watch that. 141 career home run per nine. I like this Padres team to take him deep a couple times tomorrow. I do not think it's a good spot for Canning. Davies on the other side, I have a serious issue paying that much for Zach Davies. I really, really do. Uh, he is over the 10,000 mark on FanDuel. He's 10-1 on FanDuel. Just brutal. Um, you mentioned you know, what he's doing. He's, he's working his pitches a little bit differently. He added spin to all his pitches except for his changeup, and that made his changeup more effective, I think. Uh, he's gotten 34 of his 55 strikeouts this year on the change. He throws it to both hands. It's been effective for him. So that's really the difference in what's taken his strikeout rate from a 17.3% career to a 23.3% this year. 60, point, uh, 60 and a third innings, he's got a 4.17 XFIP to his 2.69 ERA. So nothing really wrong with a 4.17 XFIP, but it does mean that he's not pitching quite as well as it seems like on the surface, getting a little bit lucky, benefiting from defense. 2-4-1 batting average on balls in play against. So that speaks to that. Uh, that speaks to the guys are hitting balls to where the fielders are. Guys are hitting balls to, you know, giving him a little bit of luck. So it's a spot where that could stop working for him awfully, awfully fast. Uh, and I do like this Angels lineup. 10th in baseball with a 181 ISO this year against righties. 114 WRC plus. Only strike out 20.2% of the time. I think they could give him some problems here. So I don't know how much Zach Davies I want. I don't think I want to spend that much on him. Doesn't project well for me. It's another guy I'm going to let Alex dictate a little bit for me on what I end up doing with him ultimately. But I think I'm going to be going away from whatever the field is uh, if the field's going to him. Two to go. Frankie Montas, 8,500 here on DK. The Gresham monster has caught up to him. He has a lot of home runs in his last five starts. Uh, two one 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 two strikeouts are still there, but he's now up to a five point eight six ERA um, on the season. Forty four strikeouts in forty three innings. Uh, tough matchup against the Dodgers. On the other side, you have Dustin May at ninety three hundred. He will probably go eighty to eighty five pitches. That's literally been uh, here's his last eighty three. Uh, he got that comebacker off his. Foot, I think it was against Arizona. He went 16 there, but that's why uh, that happened. He got pulled from the game. 84, 80, 81, 88, 83, 82, 76. We're getting 80 to 85 pitches. These are going to be a very expensive 80 to 85 pitches. Um, looking at the implied run total, 3.9 for Oakland. Um, I think I saw Chris Davis in their lineup uh, at a couple points this weekend. Uh, he's generally relegated to the other Chris Davis status. Remember when they were yeah. both good? Now they're both really, really <laughs> bad. Um, Father Time is undefeated. But this lineup, not overly scary without Matt Chapman. Um, Ramon Laureano, for reasons unknown, is now batting 8th, 7th, 8th, or ninth after basically living in the 2 and 3 hole this year. You've got Matt Olson, a little scary. 
Jake Lamb could not hit water if he fell out of a boat for the last three years. Literally would not happen. Might as well fall out of a boat, he'd land in the Sahara. That's what's going to happen there. So I'm landing on a, a little bit of Dustin May. Can we get some strikeout upside against Oakland? Because May has not seen that manifest against any team in particular. Yeah, which is which is odd. We were expecting him to be, I think, uh, at the beginning of the year, a little bit better with the strikeouts than what we've seen. Uh, only 18% strikeout rate this year, 5.8% walk, uh, 1.53 home run per nine. Uh, so over 47 innings, he's at a 4.06 xFIP, which is quality, but a 2.68 ERA. So again, it's another guy where you're seeing under the covers a little bit. He is getting a little bit lucky with that ERA uh, and only generating 8.3% swinging strikes below average. Uh, throwing that seam, throwing that two-seamer sinker uh, pitch 54% of the time, just not getting a lot of whiff anywhere, not getting much swing in this, not setting up his out pitches very well. So it's tough. I think we can roll him out. I think we can get a decent-ish game, but – it's a big, big price for that 85 pitch count that you mentioned. So I don't know how much I want to get to him. I don't know how reliable it is that I'm going to get the handful of strikeouts I need for that money in the limited time that we see him. Yeah, this A's lineup is diminished, uh, certainly without Chapman in there. Uh, and you mentioned you know, some of the other guys that are appearing in this lineup now. Uh, and then a guy like Loriano. it's weird. He's for a team that values uh, advanced metrics so much. He's a 3-4-3 on base, which is certainly not bad for a guy who normally hits toward the top of the lineup. Yeah, he's got a 2-11 batting average, but this is a team that doesn't care about batting average. So I'm very surprised at that spot in the lineup. I wonder if it's a disciplinary thing or something weird with him that we're just not hearing about because I can't explain why he's hitting down there. Uh, but I do like that hitter, and I can always get to like a Semyon, Lestella, Olsen kind of a stack, maybe Marcana in there uh, despite the righty-righty. But yeah, I prefer, I think I prefer the May side of this. It's just tough to justify him with that price tag. Montas on the other side. Yeah, very difficult to justify Montas uh, in this spot. 466 XFIP on the year to a 586 ERA. So he's gotten a little bit unlucky. Uh, but he's allowed seven homers in 43 innings. 11.4% swinging strike is fine. You know, that's, that's good. But his ground balls are way, way down. He was at 49.4% last year. He's just at 38.6% this year. Uh, he's limiting hard contact a little bit more than he was. It's only at 32% this year. But just not against this Dodgers team. Second in baseball against right with a 239 ISO, 126 WRC+. Plus. They only strike out 20% of the time. I just don't think it's going to be there for him uh, in this spot. So in another spot in an, against another team, I could get to him, but at 8,500 against this Dodgers lineup, I don't think we need to do it. Maybe some very thin shares if you're rolling out 150 lineups on FanDuel and you want to get really, really weird with it at 7,300, but it's not a spot I would trust at all. Yeah, and, and just to, to wrap up the Chris Davis comment, I wanted to point out that there's less strikeups, strikeouts in the lineup opportunity-wise for Dustin May, really outside of Jake Lamb. And if you look at this year, Two years and three year windows, um, the uh, current hitters have between a 21.5 and a 22.5 strikeout rate, which is basically what league average is now. So, yeah. even though we like to go after um, the athletics for some power, the way they've tweaked their lineup a little bit there with Listella and some of the others, they don't strike. And without Chris yeah, Davis, they don't, yeah, they're not striking out. Yeah, yeah um, good call. Yeah, that's, that's an important note. That makes, makes a lot of sense. All right, last game of the night, the late night hammer, Coors Field West. I'm not going to be able to say that much longer, although I did just look. Somehow the Giants are 500 right now. Are they 500? I did not realize that. They went on a nice run their last homestand, yeah. uh, and it really it really helped them catch up. But uh, still the third most uh, runs scored per game in any park is uh, in San Francisco because we, we've got to count – those uh those mariner games that that show as being the mariners right. home team it was actually uh, that's right not not in seattle you know because air quality just bizarre to me um not that there's bad air quality our friends and family are all in seattle area they said it was horrible but the fact that they went to san francisco t to get away from it which was having bad air quality themselves right. but in it's those those two games 12 runs and 10 runs total for both teams, but that, uh, you know, keeps, keeps that number up. You know, what's going to keep that number up. 
Kyle Freeland and Drew Smiley. If I have to go to anybody, it's going to be Smiley. I'm not thrilled about it, but eight strikeouts, eight strikeouts, seven strikeouts, 78 pitches, 59 pitches, 71 pitches. The margins are thin. That's not a sustainable strikeout rate, but those are some pretty impressive numbers. Um, I want no part of Kyle Freeland. Yeah, I'm with you on Freeland. Uh, I'd actually uh, had Cahill come down, so I'm just pulling up. Uh, oh, okay. I, I'm just pulling up Smiley as we're talking about it. But uh, yeah, just looking at Statcast, uh, which is the first thing that popped up as I'm loading it up. Uh, Smiley is in the second percentile of exit velocity allowed, the first percentile of hard hit rate allowed, the first percentile of barrel uh, percentage allowed. He is in the 97th percentile of strikeout rate and the 93rd of whiff rate. Uh, so it's a very weird combination of uh, factors coming into it there for Smiley. Uh, all that is really only in 16 innings pitched though this year. So it's a little tricky to work with any of those numbers. 250 XFIP in that sample, 394 ERA. Uh, he's getting 15.1% uh, swinging strike rate, which is a, a very nice number. Uh, and it explains some of the strikeouts we're seeing. Just looking at the pitch mix, it looks like he's eliminated uh, several different pitches and focusing basically on throwing the fastball, curveball, cutter combination, which is kind of working well for him. So uh, he's getting setting up good swing and miss on that curveball. But again, it's very, very small sample. So wouldn't go haywire uh, rostering him even against the Rockies who are uh, – Bad on the road, uh, just not a spot I love. Um, and then, yeah, Freeland on the other side of things, like you said, he is a uh, 17.7% strikeout rate guy. This year, just 16.3%. Relies on keeping the ball on the ground, 52.6% ground balls, 32.7% hard contact, 19.1% soft contact. Doesn't strike out enough guys to be uh, relevant really here. So I think it would be, uh, if I had to pick anything in this game, I think it would be probably some Giants bats. All right, that is going to wrap it up for us as we sign off. New Orleans Saints are now losing 24-17 in Las Vegas. Wow, <laughs> look at that. Vegas rolling. Did, did not see that one up. coming. Did not see that one coming. Uh, Josh Jacobs, 14 for 35 on the ground. Uh, it has been three uh, touchdowns by Derek Carr. One wow. rare, rare interception by Drew Brees. Um, so I'm not really sure what's going on, but I want to watch the, the – we're halfway through the third quarter. I want to watch the fourth quarter here. So we're going to sign off. We're going to get this posted. But, uh, Terry, what do you got coming up for us? We've got some quick hits coming up overnight tonight. That's the home runs and the chalky stacks. Then uh, I'll be on the morning show tomorrow uh, with Jake doing the strategy show. Uh, I'll have uh, stack slants out in the afternoon for the less chalky stacks. And then uh, catch me on Thursday if you're a football DFS fan. Uh, that's when my uh, groups column is going to drop for the first time. And then I'm going to update that. When I say Thursday, I really mean around 3 a.m. Thursday going into Friday morning. So Friday morning. Uh, and then I update that at the same time uh, Saturday going into Sunday for the uh, Sunday with all the news and everything. So hit me up on that one too. It's the article you didn't know you needed until you read it. <laughs> and now you know. You need it. I'm just just putting that out there. We have some phenomenal free content uh, available. This is something that will help you. It's not we mostly almost exclusively use Fantasy Cruncher here at Osmo. We have a partnership with them as well. But this is information that is usable for any optimizer. They all, um, to varying degrees, have have the same um, uh, methodologies and and functions. Some are just a little harder to get to than others, but you want to check that out. Uh, this article is very, very helpful. The other one that's a, a fun one, uh, Adam Scherer is uh, doing lineup analysis on yeah. football. Uh, he's also doing it for baseball, uh, but this is behind the paywall. He's breaking down his football uh, cash games, and then he's going to talk about one tournament lineup each week that he's breaking down. Um, people forget, he while he up until this year, he had never done NFL content. He plays heavy volume in NFL. Yeah, he, he cleared six figures last year um, on, on the strength of taking down a $100,000 prize pool um, over there on the site formerly known as Fantasy Draft. But he also had uh, close to, I think it was like an $80,000 weekend on Yahoo. So just just saying, he, he knows what he's doing. He's applying the methodologies. And this is a look at how he goes back and refines his process and just says, did it work? Did I get to where I needed to get to? 
or do I need to tweak something? Now, um, you know, you can't look at the results and outcome versus what you did, but but this gives him time to sit back, figure out, did it make sense or not? Um, and those are good good reads. The week one is already up. I think I haven't read week two yet, but I'm sure it's up by now. But um, the, those those are just, it's interesting to see his thought process um, for that. So just very helpful. You can read it on your own time, uh, but that is one of our premium uh, features there. A reminder, if you guys have not yet signed up for any Osmo, if you do the express package for NFL, we have now moved all of our um, uh, showdown single game content into that package as well. So just a couple bucks a week and you get all of that access. So yeah, a lot of good stuff there. With that, gamers, we're going to get on out of here. Good luck.